0: Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. So grateful as well to talk about the topic today, stepping out of time, and would invite you to think about what that phrase, out of time, means means to you. You know, to me, it means stop what you're doing. Stop the clock. That thing you're striving for, cease it, pen down. And usually I would have a negative connotation to that, but right now, it sounds pretty damn good to me. And I wanna talk about today that this idea of, of stepping out of time can be a spiritual practice that when you return to your schedule, can enrich your life immensely. I'm a big believer that we live in two times. One we might call time, the other we might call the timeless. And in time, that's where our social, egoic self lives. The self of schedules and to-do lists, the self of cell phone notifications and places to be. But there's also part of us that lives in the timeless, the part of us that's a soul, that doesn't have a soul but is a soul. It's the self of memory and intuition. It's the self of vision and possibility. And if you only relate to that part of you in time, you're missing out on this whole other layer where the sweetness of life really and truly is and can inspire us. I remember just before our daughter was born, my wife said to me, she goes, um, Josh, there will come a day when you won't be able to remember a time where our daughter didn't exist. I thought that was the weirdest thing I ever heard when she said it. But now at four years old, I get what she means. You know, I can remember 37 years of my life without our daughter, yet her essence is something so real that I don't think there was a time where that essence didn't exist. We find that, especially in the holiday time with people that we love who aren't with us in TikTok time anymore, that there's still that soul essence, conversations to be had, epiphanies to be received, conversations that are ongoing at this soul level. Now, I do think that all of us have times where we get in touch with the timeless, whether we're conscious of it or not, Ten minutes of meditation here, sipping some coffee or some tea, looking out the window at the beauty of nature, reading a book and losing track of the time, fully immersing ourselves in the play world of our children or our grandchildren. This this sense of timelessness restores us so much so that I think it can be even more powerful than a good long vacation, or more exciting than having access to every streaming network that there is. There's something about taking time for the timeless in our daily lives that helps us not only become inspired, but helps us feel truly who we are. Something in these days and times that has felt missing or absent for so many of us, this feeling of connection, of being alive, and of loving it. Howard Thurman put it this way, Forsake us not in the tempests of our daily activities, O our Father, but tutor our minds and spirits in the great tranquillities that deep within we may be still and know that Thou art God. Now there is some philosophical basis for what I'm talking about today, about the time and timelessness. Uh, The Greeks gave us the terms chronos and kairos. Kronos was meant to describe chronological time, the time of schedules and hours and watches when they were invented. Kairos is a different kind of time. It's a time defined by, by opportunity, by spontaneity, by being fully present. Have you ever seen a, an actor on the stage who is fully in her element? Or watched an athlete that was truly in the zone? Or even found yourself Living in in a flow, and I I believe that's what is happening, is is the timeless aspect of ourselves is coming into connection with a part of us in TikTok time, and there's this harmony, there's this resonance, there's this congruence, and good things start to happen. Mercia Iliadi was a great religious scholar Um, who studied just not the great world religions, but he also studied um, religions aborigine of indigenous people everywhere. And he came up with a theory that there are two kinds of time. There is profane time and sacred time. Profane time is tick-tock, watch, calendar time. Sacred time is the time of creation. It's time primordial. It's the eternal now. It's the idea that that time in which spirit created the heavens and the earth wasn't something that just happened billions of years ago. It's something that's present and alive right here and right now in you, wanting to create in your life. And we we touch upon it in sacred time when we remember who we are. And and Iliadi would say that, that every ritual that a religion practices, be it a Native American rain dance, taking communion, lighting the candles at Hanukkah, singing "Surely the Presence on a Sunday morning. They're all in order to invoke the sense of sacred time, this primordial time where we all are as one soul, and it feeds and fills our lives. I would say even in our secular rituals, many of them we probably just practice over this Thanksgiving time, can, can invoke that as well cooking a recipe from your ancestors that's been passed on through generations, listening to music you've been listening to since you were a child or a teenager, taking that time, however you are, wherever you are, that maybe you've been countless times before to remember that divine truth of who you are. It fills your life. It awakens your soul. Your soul announces itself in yourself as your life right here and right now. Ramdas, the great spiritual teacher, said that in the present moment, there is no time. When we're fully present, there is no time. Ramdas would be late to meeting with friends, and the friend would call and say, Hey, Ramdas, I'm here. Where are you? Well, I'm here. Where are you? Ramdas would reply. You get it? For Ramdas, the, the present moment, this idea of being here now, is the gateway into eternity. And think about that. The part of us that lives in TikTok time is temporal, but there's a part of ourselves that thrives in the timeless. And the more time we nurture it in our present there, the more we experience our life eternal, our life without end, making time for the timeless. And all we have to be willing to do is to step out of time. How do we do that? We slow down. We become aware of our breathing. We allow our true life to, to announce itself, to reveal rhythms and cycles and ways of being that we were unconscious of when we were being such a busybody. And we get that sense that, that all is well, that all is divine right in this sacred time. Ramdas tells the story of taking his 90-year-old father, this is as his given name, Richard Albert, back to his hometown of, of Massachusetts to visit. He hadn't been there in decades. And this is the 1990s. He gets all prepared uh, to find all these places. He's printed out like 20 map quests. You remember those? <laughs> you know? And, he's, and he, he drives them through all these areas where his dad grew up, and there's nothing. There's no spirit or life coming from his dad, and um, Ramdas is kind of frustrated about it. He doesn't know what to do, and he decides to do it again, but more at the horse and buggy time of his father's youth. In other words, he goes much, much more slowly. Lo and behold, dad came alive. Dozens of stories poured out of him. This is where I fell off the wagon. Here's where we used to get apples. Dad was full of tales, but it wasn't until we slowed down that his memory was able to come on board and awaken him to that old place. This helped me to understand why so many older people feel out of step, unable to connect to a world that is moving so rapidly. Why, as so many elderly folks have complained to me, they feel that time has left them behind. And I don't know about you, but in these pandemic times with everything going on, sometimes I feel like time has left me behind. Anyone else feel that way? Where is it? I feel like I have so much catching up to do. I don't quite feel connected or my real self. Something's off. And and for me, the answer is in cultivating this timelessness. The answer is in, in sacred time. To give meaningful attention to this present moment so that it can reveal that doorway to step through into a greater way of feeling connected and to not needing to catch up with the times, but to be willing to let them go and to claim, this is my time, right here, right now. I want to share with you this morning three gifts of the timeless. Three gifts of the timeless, and the first is silence. The first gift of the timeless is silence can't quite hear it in the room, but I can, I can feel it. The, the silence that I'm talking about, it, it in all actuality is really a, a metaphor for soul awareness. John Cage, the eclectic composer, tells the story of wanting and longing to hear absolute silence. So he has for himself built a soundproof room and he sits down in the middle of it, all, everything cushioned in white, and he's so excited, and he goes into his meditation. And he's breathing, and what does he hear? The beating of his own heart. You know, real quiet is elusive for many of us. But the silence that I'm talking about is a, is a metaphor for quieting our mind, for invoking a, a sense of, of stillness, for allowing what's going on around us in the busyness just to fade away. So that we can remember and allow our souls to come forth. Mother Teresa said, Silence of our minds, silence of our ears, silence of our mouths. In the silence of the heart, God will speak. Sometimes I hear people who are really busy say something like, I just want to turn off. And I want to remind them, what you want to turn off is not yourself. What you really want is to turn on by turning off all the busyness going on around you. I really just need to unplug, per Jackie's quote. It's not about unplugging yourself. It's about plugging yourself into your soul by unplugging from all the busyness that's that's eating at your soul all around you that's calling you to get back to who you are and what it is. When we can create space for silence, our soul announces itself. You know, probably for most of us, the biggest thing implementing our time in silence is one of these. <laughs> right? Right? We can all hold the light up there and have a little concert here. But this is the cell phone. And I can give a different talk on social media and apps and all this stuff. But the truth is I love this thing. I just got a new one. It's fantastic. Right? But here's the thing. I'm not worried right now about what's in this device. I'm worried for us what it's keeping us from. You know, these things that we would normally describe mundane as mundane that are really about cultivating that, that silence. When you're getting takeout and you're sitting waiting for it. When you're at the table with loved ones and that thing called an uncomfortable silence is immediately when there's nothing to say and we pull it out. Even, unfortunately to say, at red lights. You know, that that 60 to 90 seconds that just allows us to catch up with ourselves, we give it away. And so, love these things, but do put them aside and remember that what we refer to as mundane or waiting or needing to be patient is actually these beautiful times that we can invoke the sacred. Here I am. Oh, I didn't know where I went. I'm back. Take that deep breath and allow the silence uh, to take you more deeply into who you really are. Second gift of the timeless is forgetting. The gift of forgetting. A lot of us, when we're struggling, we're saying, what do I need to remember? What do I need to remember? I argue it's, what do you need to forget? (laughs) There's too much going on. And so forgetting, when done intentionally, can be a spiritual practice. Unintentionally, it can be procrastination and all that kind of stuff. But intentionally, forgetting can be a kind of spiritual practice. Uh, A practice that I have come to really love is is running. I go running several times a a week. Uh, Running might be a strong word. Sometimes I should better refer to it as like a brisk waddle. There I go, going down, (laughs) getting where I need to go. But I can tell how stressed or overwhelmed I am or how peaceful I am based upon what my thinking was doing on that run. So it's a mental health exercise for me, first and foremost. And if I get home and I make a pie chart of what I'm paying attention to and I'm stressed and overwhelmed, this is what it looks like. 20% worry, 20% regret, 40% arguing with other people in my head. Have you ever stopped to measure how much time you spend arguing with other people in your head? 20% 20% not really listening or pushing down how I'm feeling. For me, stress doesn't ever come from anything going on around me, it comes from what this mind is doing. You know, I could have a reason to say that I'm stressed sometimes. This is a mile high, a big church. There's a lot going on. My uh, wife is working full time. We have a teenager who just graduated high school and is moving into college. We have a four year old little girl. So much going on, but none of that has ever created any stress for me. It's that non-trusting, combative mind. It's that part of myself that thinks that I'm in charge or I need to be in control instead of the divine. I like how Mark Nepo referred to it. He was talking about Atlas, you know, who holds the world up on his shoulders. And he said the problem with Atlas is that he believed if he let the world go, that it would fall apart. Right, So many of us have that atlas complex that we think we need to hold the world on our shoulders when the truth is, is if we just let it go, it might take care of itself. And we might feel a lot better also. The great mystics have sometimes called this uh, minding your own business. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to share uh, something the great Frederick Buechner Shared. He, he passed away this year. is one of my favorite authors, a great Christian writer. And he talks about minding your own business. He says, mind your own business means butt out of other people's lives because in the long run, they must live their lives for themselves. But it also means pay mind to your own life, your own health and wholeness, both for your own sake and ultimately for the sake of those you love too. Take care of yourself so you can take care of them. A bleeding heart is of no help to anybody if it bleeds to death. Let that weight of the world go. Forget about it. You say that, forget about it. And, And when we forget, that's when we remember. Peaceful day, good day for me is when I come home from running and I didn't think about anything. I listened to music or to a podcast, or I let it be quiet and just heard the stomping of my feet, or I just enjoyed the radiant views of this beautiful state that so many of us get to reside in. And the funny thing is, you know what happens when I do that? All the work that I need to get done, gets done. That healing that I need with so-and-so, it happens. The anger dissipates. That idea that I was looking for for that talk, oh, there it is. Those hard feelings that I have, I just felt them. I'm feeling them. By intentionally forgetting and allowing ourselves to be in the now, we begin to see that it has just the right medicine that we need to restore our hearts, our bodies, our minds, and our life again so that we can allow and work with a spirit greater than we are to heal our life, to get those creative ideas that we need, to be our whole self living that whole life. The final gift of the timeless that I get to share with you today is is the gift of grace. The gift of grace. I'm not sure how to define grace other than that it's how God loves you. It's the kind of thing no human being can give. It's something each of us can only receive. And there are certainly times in the midst of stress that that God can just grab us and pull us out. Those are wonderful experiences. And yet, ultimately, grace is something that I think we have to be ready for. We have to look for. We have to be open to. It's like the level of grace you experience in your life is the result of your rapport with God. To have a Beekner double feature here, he also said this about grace. The grace of God means something like, here is. Is your life. You might have never been, but you are because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you. Uh, Does part of you believe that? Do you have faith in this thing? called grace, in having a rapport with the spirit within and around you that can speak to you if you'll listen, if you'll be open, if you'll watch for it, if you can accept the fact that the universe doesn't belong to you, but it belongs to this divine mind that inspires and brings us to life and embraces us when time demands. To sometime this week when you're challenged or stressed, or you've gotten caught more up in the reality of the TikTok time than the sacred time, just pause and ask yourself if you're open to grace, open to hearing it in a good conversation, opening to, open to, to reading it in a good book you're reading. The, the key is to not be attached. To how you think it ought to show up because you're not the grace creator. There's that presence, that greater mind of who we are, that is always expressing. Find that grace, receive that grace, know that you are worthy of that grace, and allow it to propel into your life. And if it feels missing, slow down, quiet down, forget what you think is so important, and give yourself the very gift of being fully in the present moment. Ram Dass speaks about his father's final days. As my father grew older, he slowed down a lot, as people often do. He began to approach each task with a great deliberation and patience. Each action, whether getting into the car, climbing the few steps to the house, or settling into his favorite armchair was accompanied by such attention that it became almost a kind of meditation. He found satisfaction in the completion of each small task. He would smile with contentment and say quietly, There we are. There we are. Get quiet. Approach whatever is before you with reverence and with a meditation. There we are. There we are. There we are. Here I am. And when we have ourselves return to ourselves again, we have everything we need to live a great and abundant life. Moving into prayer this morning, I invite you to join me if you so choose. Invite all of our incredible practitioner prayer partners to stand and join me if they choose as well. In this holy sanctuary of heart, whether we experience it in our teal sanctuary together or someone's watching online or listening to the podcast on an exercise bike, we are sanctuary together. Sanctuary is that place where we let God into our heart, where we let our hair down and make ourselves at home, where we know that we're loved just as we are, And that love of spirit rejoices in us at the recognition that we finally stopped rejecting ourselves, allowing ourselves into the sanctuary of good, the sanctuary of healing, the sanctuary of love. Let us call our whole life into the sanctuary, knowing we, we bring it with us into the sacred time that envelops and underlines our waking moments and hours. I know even in the midst of the busy holiday season, there are so many moments of the fullness of grace. And I know wherever in our lives there may be struggle, there is also an underlining current of peace, of forgiveness, and of understanding. I know that wherever we may not be feeling like our true selves, That the radiance of our soul, the radiance that is the light of awareness of those who love us most is right there. Beckoning us to allow our hearts to remember by being fully present in this moment. May we bring into the sanctuary of consciousness anyone we love or care about. Any place in the world where there is struggle or strife or suffering. Let us know, even for those who can't know it right now. That divine beauty and truth of grace, of God's love, God's wisdom, of a creative power that can make amazing things happen is operating in their lives as it is operating in our lives and in our hearts right now. May the sacred be woven into every day of our lives and may we delight in the recognition. And so it is. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.